I'm Josh G. Masterson. I'm the CMO of Vendu. Uh, Vendu is a software for online resellers. So I can't wait to talk to you a little bit more about how we're diversifying the game for online resellers. This, this, is, this is Diversified, diversified game, 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 game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, you guys, I got dizzy. I got dizzy on the show. I got Josh D. Masterson from Bindu. He is going to give us the game. And, you know, this brother just came back from Columbia the other day. So we're going to get the game on how he did his business, you know, how he got the name dizzy, as well as, you know, this international game and if he has employees worldwide. So, Josh, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Man, people are going to say dizzy. Like, you got dizzy. Why would you say that? Man, just let the people know off top, because that's your name even on LinkedIn, um, how you got the name Dizzy. I would just want to yeah. start there. Yeah, so Dizzy was a nickname that was given to me by some uh, friends in high school. Uh, my last name, if you guys can see it, is spelled uh, D-Z-I is how my last name starts, and a lot of them didn't know how to pronounce that at the time. So Dizzy just kind of stuck. And then over the years, it kind of um, it's a name that just kind of stuck with me. People people liked it and started gravitating towards it. So I've been going with that for a while since I started, I guess, branding myself on social media and on the Internet in the early 2000s. I just started running with Dizzy. Um, that was kind of the name that I went with. I, I love it. Now, now your your last name is a little different. It's, it's and my, I have a hyphenated last name um, as well. Um, that only me, <laughs> my wife, my wife's last name ain't hyphenated, but I keep my hyphenated name. But um, where is that, those last names? Where are they from? So my father's from Ghana in West Africa. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. okay. Yep. Ghana's in the house, so we got to talk Africa in this too. Um, for, my, for my Ethiopian audience and my Kenyan audience, Uhali Ghani, awesome. you know, all that. But give us a game on your company. Why did you create it and what does it do? Absolutely. So uh, Vendu is a software for online resellers. So I'll give you a little backstory beforehand. Um, In about 2007, I opened a a sneaker store here in the Maryland area um, and I was big into sneaker culture. I was a a reseller early on um, when when people first started reselling uh, items on the Internet. Uh, back then, I think eBay was probably the only online marketplace that was available for people to sell their items on. So people were using different forums. People were selling on MySpace and different places like that. And I opened a physical sneaker store. So I ran that for a little while. And after that recession hit, like 2008 or so, um, it started to get a little bit difficult to, to hold down a physical sneaker store. So I wanted to start selling my items online just to uh, kind of increase my customer base. I wanted to have more people to sell to. I wanted to be able to sell more frequently and sell more quantity because in the in the selling game, that's how you make money. You need to sell as many items as possible in as many different places as possible. So as I was running that business, what I realized is that um, being a one-man team uh, running a, a type of sales business like that, you need to be on top of a lot of things. You got to be on top of your inventory. So how many items are you selling? Where you're getting it from? How much you're getting it for? all those type of numbers. You got to be, your items have to be visible in places where buyers can find them. Um, You need to be able to get your items posted up on all these different places as easily as possible. 
And while running that business, I started running into all these different pain points of why I couldn't scale my business past a certain point. It was just me, there's 24 hours in the day and I was trying to just do a lot of different things that was kind of spreading me thin. So a few years later, let's fast forward. Uh, I ran into uh, Thomas Rivas, who's our CEO uh, at Vendu. And he came with an idea of a software that he was trying to create to solve some of these pain points for resellers. And when he was explaining it to me, um, it kind of everything he was telling me was hitting home with experiences that I was having in my personal business. And we kind of set off on a journey, uh, the two of us and our two other co-founders, Chris and Ben, to figure out if there were other people out there that were trying to sell items online that were having these same problems. Um, what exactly it was that they wanted us to build, how they wanted us to solve it. And we kind of landed on a technical solution to help these sellers uh, streamline their businesses, basically save them time and make more money. So the concept that we landed on was cross-posting. And what cross-posting does is, if I want to sell this jacket on eBay, for instance, I got to take pictures of the jacket. I got to write the price, the condition, the color, the title, the size. They ask for all these different details in order to make an, uh, an item listing online. And once I do that, the item's on eBay. But what we realized quickly was that all these marketplaces were now popping up, different places that people can buy and sell their items. So now there's marketplaces like Poshmark and Mercari and Depop. Some of these you might be familiar with, but there's numerous. Um, Facebook Marketplace, Grailed, Tradesy, et cetera. And to be a successful reseller, you kind of want to have a presence on all of those different places because they're different customer audiences on every platform. So you want to have your item posted as many places as possible so that people can see it, you can sell it faster, make more money, et cetera. So we made a, a way to create an item listing on our software one time, and it puts it on all these different marketplaces for you, right? So that's mm -hmm. our first value proposition. It saves them the time of having to manually create that item listing on all these different platforms. But then in addition to that, I realized I had about 700 items for sale in my personal inventory and I had to track that somehow. So we included inventory management um, software in our, in our program. So now you can track what items you have for sale, where it's listed, what day you bought it, how much you paid, paid for it, how much profit you made once it sold, how much you paid for the shipping, all the different details that you need to stay on top of your numbers as a reseller, because in business, it's really important to be, have a grasp on your numbers. Uh, we included inventory management into our platform as well, because we knew that resellers needed that also. And then in addition to the cross-posting and the inventory management, we also give sellers data and analytics about their business. So they can kind of see charts and graphs that show them how, they, how they've been performing on the different marketplaces that they sell on, um, which category, which type of items are selling the best for them. But we give them any information they need to make decisions about how to increase and improve their selling business. And it's all in one place in one app so that instead of having to be spread across all these different places, they can just use Vendu to sell on 10 different platforms, uh, organize their inventory in one place and get those data and analytics. So we help sellers save time and make more money um, running a reselling business on the Internet. And that's what it's about. Now, I want to know. How difficult was it to be able to take your customers' items and then put it on these cross-platforms? Because I assume that you're using some software, maybe some AI, but you have to have permission because we've seen so many people kill the game in tech just to have a huge mega giant say, nope, we're not going to let you do that with your clientele. 
So did you have to go into eBay's office or, you know, Etsy's office and say, hey, this is what we're doing and we need this back portal that we're using for you guys not to block us off? Like, and can you, and did anybody say, okay, yeah. And and did anybody say no too? you know, so give us a game. So just to clarify a little bit also, so when a, a seller signs up to use Vendu, they log in, create a Vendu account, and then within their Vendu account, they can connect it to all of the active marketplace accounts that they have. So Vendu can see that they're connected to this Poshmark account, this eBay account. So now when they create their listing on Vendu, they can manually themselves send it to all the accounts that they have on those other marketplaces, right? But what we had to do was um, we had spoke, we spoke with a lot of different marketplaces and websites have what's called an API. An API is kind of a portal that allows you to access how their website is built. It's like a doorway from our website to their website, right? And uh, with websites with open APIs, we were able to just write some code to connect our software to theirs so that we can easily send information back and forth. And then some websites and companies don't publish their API. It's not available for everybody to access. So we had to speak with those companies, kind of get them familiar with what we were working on and then ask for permission to send information or receive information from their website so that we can kind of streamline this process for our sellers. Um, And that was difficult just because um, all these marketplaces are doing the same thing in theory. They're helping you sell an item. They're helping you get from, as a buyer, they're helping you access a seller, but they do it all in different ways. So they all speak different languages. Uh, eBay might call one category one thing and Poshmark might call it something else. So uh, our technical solution, the genius in Vendu, is that we were able to make all of those marketplaces communicate with each other um, <clears throat> to kind of simplify that process that a seller would have to decipher on their own. Um, there's a lot of different intricacies between the different platforms. For example, like they might allow you to make a title on one that's 50 characters and on another one you can have up to 99 characters. And then this platform might allow you to post 12 photos of your item and this platform might only allow you to post four. So because there's nine different marketplaces that we currently offer, there's a lot of differences between them. And we were able to create like a master form to keep our users organized and make sure that they send the information that's required by each marketplace to have the strongest listing in each possible place. I am glad that you broke it down like you did, because I wanted to set you up. I know you're into basketball and you can balance two balls at one time. You guys check out his YouTube if you don't know what I'm talking about. But (laughs) I I wanted to set it up where you explain that because everybody's tech is different. But when trying to explain, sometimes with people at tech companies, you'd be surprised how much they don't know about their tech. So I wanted to set it up, that alley-oop, and you slam dunk that thing. So <laughs> with, with that, um, and, and with the companies that may have, you know, kept their API close to the chest, have you got any, like, victories to say, you know what, they're going to let us in, but they're going to wait till uh, COVID is done? Um, or have people told you, no, we don't, want, we don't want, you know, people like you to be able to benefit off of our billion-dollar company? Like, have you found any of those hater companies or been able to break through those boundaries? So um, there haven't really been any companies that have been standing in our way, but um, it took a few, a little bit of time to warm up to us and actually see what value we were bringing to them before they decided that it was worthwhile in working with us to um, help us build, like build Vendu and make it a little bit easier. But what we've seen is over the past few months, uh, marketplaces are starting to reach out to us mainly just to see um, exactly how many listings we're bringing to their marketplace because they're, they realize that 
through Vendu, there might be a seller, for example, who's huge on eBay, right? But it's never sold on Mercari before. So we have the opportunity to now bring that seller who just sells on eBay and turn them into a Mercari user. So now they might have 10,000 eBay listings and now they're going to bring all those items over to Mercari, which then gives them the ability to make money off of the listing fees that they, so when an item sells on one of these marketplaces, they take a small percentage um, as their fee. And when we're bringing new listings that they didn't have before, we're giving them a new stream of revenue that they didn't have access to. And we're bringing new users from other marketplaces onto their platform, which is a value that we provide to the marketplaces. So in addition to helping the sellers out and giving them the visibility to be uh, posted on multiple places, we're also bringing the marketplaces, sellers that they wouldn't have had and listings that they wouldn't have had to begin with. And once they realized that we were doing that at a high rate, uh, they started opening up a little bit more to working with us. Okay, no, that's beautiful. Now, how has, um, is OfferUp uh, an option? I didn't see it when I was looking, but can folks go on Vindu and then also have their stuff placed on OfferUp? So we currently don't have OfferUp. Actually, recently OfferUp and LetGo merged, if, you, if you're familiar with that merger. But um, the business model for selling on that platform is slightly different than ours because um, our sellers are all, all the marketplaces that we have are like shipment based marketplaces where a seller would then sell an item and then ship their item out to the buyer. Whereas OfferUp um, does local transactions and local meetups where it's a little bit different of a, of a selling style. So we haven't been able to integrate that yet. We kind of started out, we've only been around a little over a year. So we've started off with the marketplaces that have all the similar value proposition first, and then eventually we'll move into the ones like OfferUp that are slightly different. Maybe we'll move into some consignment ones as well, and eventually to Amazon, which is the giant that everybody wants to see us uh, working with. Oh, of course, of course. And I, I say OfferUp because that's, you know, you, you see deals, especially when it first came out, and now that they're doing shipping, because they've mm -hmm. expanded and they're doing shipping. But I, I love to hear that, you know, even the giants, you are um, you have them on your uh, your your radar on our now, roadmap definitely. So I, yeah. I do want to add um, we don't have offer up, but we do have Facebook Marketplace. Uh, we just announced Facebook Marketplace recently, and Facebook Marketplace has been exploding because it's almost like uh, Craigslist, Offer Up, Let Go, all combined, but on Facebook's platform. And we know Facebook is such a huge social media powerhouse, so they kind of created a marketplace on there that's been blowing up just because there's so many sellers, there's so many buyers, and there's just so many people browsing Facebook daily that um, it's becoming a huge marketplace out of nowhere. So we recently added Facebook Marketplace, and they have the opportunity to ship their items or do local meetups as well. So we do have that option on Vendor. Man, congratulations on that. When you first started this uh, business, what was the, you know, what did your inner circle, family, friends, I know you went to the University of Delaware, but were they, you know, was it a connection from a school? Because usually family and friends don't get it. So they're usually not your first investor. So how did you begin? Are you an expert in coding? You know, are you like Idris uh, Sandu, where you can do front end, back end and, and art as well. Like, how did you, you know, begin? So I'm, I personally, I'm not technical. Um, I just come from the fashion world. I've, I've spent maybe the past 10, 12 years of my life working in the fashion world. So I worked as a full-time reseller, but also as like an image consultant and stylist for a lot of artists and athletes. So I had um, just a good grasp on the sales world and the, res and the reselling world. And then our CTO, Chris, is technical. So he had the skill set to build 
the front end, back end, and design our software uh, up to a certain point before we started hiring. And he's still in charge of the vision of, of our software and how it works. Uh, Thomas, our CEO, came up with the idea and the concept, and he kind of drives the, the boat and makes sure that we're moving the roadmap in the right direction. And then Ben, um, who's our COO, he's kind of in charge of customer service and keeping everything organized and making sure that we're getting the right uh, information from our users and processing that into what we build. So our, it was important that all of our team had different skills so that we were able to kind of move a little bit quicker. But to get back to your original question, when we first came up with the idea, um, it's only just that it's a good idea, right? Um, yeah. Everybody has good ideas. Turning a good idea into something tangible is a really long, uh, difficult, strenuous, confusing process. Um, and it took us maybe three or four years of, of conversations, of working, of prototype softwares, of trial and error, of market research um, to kind of get our idea off the ground or get it to the point where people were interested in investing in it or even interested in using it. But everybody identified that it was a good idea. Um, it took us about three years after that good idea to get it somewhere where we were ready to put it in front of people's eyes and use it for the first time. I, I love the grind and the journey because a lot of times, you know, we see on social media and people will say they have a business, how, you know, great it's doing because you never hear about the negative, but they make it seem like magic and that you guys put in the work beforehand. Now, have you yet to take Angel or Vulture, I mean, VC Capital, um, or, or has it been bootstrapped from you guys' own pocket? So for the first three years, we bootstrapped everything. Um, we were traveling all over the country, going to reseller conventions and meetups, paying all the expenses out of our pocket. We were paying our early developers out of our pocket. We were just kind of bootstrapping it and all working secondaries, like side hustles and things like that to sustain ourselves while we were pouring money into this. And then um, being in the entertainment industry for some years and building some relationships, I had a, a network of people that had uh, access to capital. So we started making like investor pitches in our friends and family round in 2019. And someone that I was friends with was able to get us our initial investment that got us off the ground and, and helped us hire our first employees, our first technical employees, and kind of scale up the development team a little bit. And then in time, we were able to start paying ourselves a little bit later after that. But um, that's the only investment that we took. That was uh, in 2019. We were quickly profitable after we launched because uh, we had a, a working product. We had a, a waiting list of anxious users that we had kind of been cultivating for a few years before we launched. So once we hit the switch and we were ready to start charging, um, our revenue started ramping up pretty quickly and we were able to uh, stay kind of lean. Like we, we keep our expenses as low as possible while expanding our team and not digging too much into that investment money. And I think it's helped us to this point to grow quickly um, and not uh, kind of be in debt or underwater. And I think that's been really helpful. Okay. And you say, it sounds like it was a, um, the investment sounds like it was from an angel more than a VC. So like a family friend, you say? Exactly. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and, and that, you know, that relationship, um, you, you don't feel like, okay, it's not like it's Kevin from Shark Tank saying, Hey, I need a dollar off everybody who comes through so you can take your time to pay it back. And they, they trust you. If I talk about Shark Tank, 
do you see your guys' self like going on Shark Tank in the future once you have, you know, let's say whatever that number is for you and we're doing business with Amazon so we've proven the market and that the, the giants want to do business with us or do you say this is going to be our top and we don't need any more investment um, at this time, you know, because Shark Tank, you know, they want a piece of your business, like all sharks, like all venture capitalists. So I'm just trying to see, like, is it something that we could maybe see on the stock market in the future for the people to invest in? Or is it only for those qualified investors and maybe those top sharks? So um, as far as having an IPO plan, I think it's a little bit early for that, just because we only we only initially launched um, in January 2020. So we're just we just wrapped up our first full year of operation. Um at the moment, uh, like I mentioned, we're profitable. So we're not looking for any, any capital at the moment just because we're making more money monthly than we spend. So um, it's allowing us to grow at a very, very uh, successful pace. However, uh, I think in a, few, in a few years when we start to expand and we wanna ramp up dramatically, we're gonna probably need another cash infusion um, at, a, at a higher valuation um, that might require us to take an angel investor or a VC or somebody that can um, contribute at that at that rate, but we're not sure at the moment. That's still a little bit further down on the roadmap. Okay, no, this this is great. This is great stuff. And um, sidebar, I lost you visually, but um, I can still hear you. I don't know if you can still see me. So no, I can't see you, but I can hear you. Okay, interesting. I just want to make sure my um, my phone isn't uh, isn't tripping. Um, but if it is, I'm just gonna, like I said, I'm gonna keep it rocking and we'll, we'll, we'll keep moving. Um, so, so with the, the success that you're having and that the best is yet to come, what is a community give back that you are doing or that you want to do in the future? Okay. So yeah, we've been doing a lot of, uh, community give backs and initiatives. Uh, we do a lot of things within the reseller community campaigns and donations. Last year, we did a large um, Black Lives Matter donation campaign where we uh, encouraged our, our resellers and our users to donate to any charity that they wanted. And we would match their donation to that same charity. And we raised $10,000 in a few days for that. Um, we do community organized events. We do educational events where we have like uh, webinars and conversations where we just educate users um, all, all kinds of different programs. We, we donate to, um, if there's any cause going on in the reseller community or, or someone is, is sick or needs help with something, we contribute to those. So we try to be involved on the ground level in the reseller community as much as possible because those sellers have been the ones who kind of helped us build the vision and the concept for Vendu from the beginning, just based off their feedback and their communication with us. So it's important that we still contribute to everything that's going on within the community. Oh, Okay. Okay. I, I love that. And I love the, thank you. Uh, I love that. And I love the, 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 the give back. Um, Cause you guys are young, you know, and, and vibrant. Um, let me ask you a difficult question. I, I want to get the elephant out the room. Okay. And when people see you and you say you have this company and you come from the entertainment and the fashion um, and they said, this black man, he knows how to dress. Now he thinks he knows something about tech. Did you have to prove yourself in tech? Because we know tech has its own biases, like, you know, every industry in the world from here to Ghana. 
absolutely. So um, for me, um, making that transition from fashion into tech was just a learning experience. But one thing that our, uh, our team has been really good at is we kind of know what we don't know. Um, and we make sure that we put people in place, strong advisors, people that we can lean on for, for, uh, for information. We ask a lot of questions. We have a great lawyer. Um, there's, there's a lot of people that we have to uh, kind of refer to in different circumstances to kind of give us guidance before we make certain decisions so that we can make sure that we're as educated as possible before we kind of encounter different challenges that we've never experienced before. So for me, it was just kind of a learning barrier coming from the fashion and entertainment industry where it's just about the cool factor and what's the new popular um, the thing that's in at the moment. And tech is very much more functional than that. It's about like, what's your idea? Like, what's the problem that it's solving and does your solution work? It's just very, very, very tangible. Um, getting something from an idea to reality in the easiest way possible that provides value to someone else. So I had to kind of learn, brush up, um, study, get myself in the mind state to operate in this new world because it's so different from the, the world that I was comfortable in. But luckily we have a great team. Um, like I said, our CTO, Chris, has been in the tech world for over a decade. He's worked at large corporations. He's done, he's run companies where he's built softwares for other people. And he's brought that experience to us. So he guides us in those type of spaces. And then when it's time for legal decisions or financial decisions or things like that, we have a really great advisory board um, of people that we reach out to that kind of guide us so that we're not just uh, freestyling it and making this and just winging our decisions because we, we take this really seriously and we want to make sure that we grow this to be as big as it can be. So we're really intentional about every decision that we make. And you mentioned Amazon earlier. I'm going to talk about the Amazon of Africa, Jumia, which I, I bought stock when it was, you know, failing. And people said, Kelly, you got to be crazy out of your mind. And I said, nah, man is the Amazon of Africa. I've seen it. Like I've, I've been in there. I see it. Um, do you see yourself since you have ties to Ghana, um, allowing, you know, people to sell on Jumia and sites that, you know, for the continent, because we know Africa is the now and the future. So have you made plans already to say, this is how we're going to expand to, you know, Africa? So at the moment, we've kind of been planning out our roadmap based on user feedback and like the constructive criticism and feedback that we get on social media and any place that we just, that we talk with uh, other resellers. And what we've mainly been receiving at the moment is a lot of people want us to expand to Canada. Um, and because we're kind of using our resources uh, carefully, we're just ex we're going to expand gradually. We haven't really discussed the continent of Africa yet, just because we don't know and we don't have enough data and analytics to support um, the time it would take to build out that type of integration and that type of uh, that type of functionality for our software yet, because we're still it's still really early in our process. We're still kind of sharpening up the things we have just domestically, and then we want to expand to Canada next because we've had we have a lot of data and a lot of requests from sellers in Canada who want to use that software. So that's kind of next on our radar towards the end of this year and early next year. And then as we see how that goes, we'll continue collecting data to see where should we where we should expand to next. But that's definitely not out of the question. I think in our in our long term vision, we would love to be selling internationally. We would love to have people uh, being able to sell to any continent um, and access the, the largest marketplaces on any continent. I think that's our, our vision. Um, 
me as a seller, I ship items internationally, a few items per week to all over the world. Um, and I mean, it benefits my business greatly to be able to facilitate those kind of sales, uh, to sell something to France one day and send something to Australia the next day and send them something to Kenya the day after is, is great as a seller who's based in Maryland to have customers in all of those places. So we would like our sellers that use Vendu to have the same type of opportunity um, to sell globally. Um, and that might just be something on our part that we have to figure out how to get our software to expand to all of those places. But that's definitely something that we want to look into in the future. Man, I, I love your your answers and the vibe. Very humbling vibe. But uh, this man might run for office, y'all. Don't don't be shocked. I know it, I know that you can you know have more fun in business and you can have people criticizing you in office. But I I, I love it. And you know, and I mentioned Africa because you guys remember in the beginning. He said his father is from Ghana, but he also had told me before we began that Colombia is where he just came from yesterday and in transit and that he has employees there off air. He told me that. So I want to know why employees in Colombia, what's, you know, give us the game on why Colombia is the paradise that you decided to um, go to first to hire employees. So after we launched Vendu, our CEO uh, ended up moving out there and loved it. Um, and then while he was out there networking and working, we just started finding great uh, t developers, great uh, marketing people, fluent in both English and Spanish. And um, we just figured we can make our team grow quickly if we hire in both places. Then we started doing that. And I think it because the, uh, the world was already moving towards remote work, um, it's really easy for us to wake up, get on video calls like we're doing right now, have our meetings, um, and it it moves really smoothly and functionally to just that we have a great team down there. We just we hired the best ca candidates wherever they are, um, and we met some really great people as our CEO was down there. So we were just recently in Colombia uh, this past month just working together as a team because team chemistry and bonding and, and working together as a group is really important when you guys are building a a company or a vision together. So instead of just having video calls forever, we like sometimes we get together in person so that we can kind of get that that team vibe and camaraderie of everybody being in the same place. And also just the speed of working together in, in one place is, is really helpful for a company that works remote full time. And Columbia is also beautiful. So it was just a, it was it was working working hard but with a beautiful view. Yes, uh, and he means beautiful as a, a culture, because a lot of you want to go and hear about the chicas, and the world is bigger than that. You know, it, it's more than you can make money and enjoy yourself and be, you know, be treated with that dignity that maybe you don't get at home. But when you, you know, expand to a place like Colombia and you have this international appeal, I, I just, for you, are you teaching this? Like, are, do you have courses on this? Do you have a book planned out? Because you can teach, you know, folks coming out of prison or even that middle schooler who maybe doesn't understand that they don't learn like everyone else, but they can hustle like nobody else. Do you have any, you know, website or any opportunity where people can tap into you and say, teach me how to do this? So to be completely honest with you, um, I'm learning as I go. Our founders are learning as we go, right? It's a, it's a learning experience every day. Um, it would be very naive of me to think I had, I knew what was coming up on the horizon. Um, we're all first time founders. 
<clears throat> I've done business in other capacities, but like you said before, nothing in the tech space. So the decisions that I encounter daily are are new ones for me and ones that I feel like I'm kind of uh, acclimating myself to as I experience them. So I don't feel like I'm comfortable or in the position yet to teach that. But what we do teach is um, how people can get started in reselling, which has a really, really low barrier of entry and just a huge gateway to financial freedom, just because um, it's so easy to, to go to a thrift store or something and buy a few items for five bucks or 10 bucks and then post those items up, make a hundred bucks and then go back and do it again. So we do a lot of educational content on how somebody can start reselling or, or selling items online as a secondary source of income. And we've seen that that's turned from people's secondary source of income to their primary source of income by, especially during COVID when people were locked down in their homes, um, weren't working their regular jobs, couldn't really go many places. We kind of offered a, a way for them to generate revenue from, for themselves from their house. They can even clean out their closets and say, I don't wear this anymore. Let me put this up for sale. And once people start realizing that they can generate revenue quickly, just sitting at home or using a simple software, um, it kind of opens your minds to, to what's possible um, as far as making money while you're asleep. So uh, our main education right now is to educate people into in the reselling space. But I think eventually as Vendu continues to grow and maybe uh, God willing, we become more and more successful, we can kind of start to mentor some people also in the business field as well. All right. You guys have the links in the description box. This man is knowledgeable. He's humble. He's also a reader. He, he, he likes, you know, um, everybody mentions four-hour work week, but he likes Tim Ferriss's Tool of Titans. You know, he's a fan of Gary Vee's work and Malcolm Gladwell. So you got to read these things that people who are able to start and sustain, and he won't say it, but I'm going to say succeed because the best is yet to come. And, and, I, and I love it. I love to get this game. And I love to get it so much. You guys know I'm going to take it off air because, um, you know, I want to tap in and, and say two words that aren't yet to be public. So I appreciate you for coming on, Josh. Let's take this off air. You guys make sure you like, share, and subscribe. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifiedGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.